from GreenBiz Group, welcome to Center Stage, the best of live interviews from GreenBiz events. I'm Joel McCower. So I, I say wherever I go, we don't need to talk about sustainability anymore. We know what the issues are. We don't need to talk about the solutions anymore. We know what the solutions are. We now need to talk about how do we change fiduciary duty. Peter Bakker is president of the World Business Council for Sustainable Development. He spoke with GreenBiz editorial director Heather Clancy at the GreenBiz 17 conference in Phoenix, Arizona, about the sustainable development goals, their significance to companies, and how to know whether companies are making a difference in achieving them. Let's listen in. So we, we wanted to take the opportunity um, in this new climate that Joel referenced to begin the conference to discuss the sustainable development goals. Um, as many of you know, I hope you know, they were ratified about 18 months ago and we've, we've seen um, quite a number of very large companies embrace certain aspects of them. Um, and what we'd like to do this afternoon is, is talk a little bit about um, the World Business Council, which actually I was surprised to learn is, was, was founded 22 years ago, right? It was founded around the time of the first Earth Summit. Very relevant force now. You, you're going to bring two decades of experience and, what, 200 organizations to bear on these, these goals. You're, you're, you're really, um, you've been an advocate that the business world needs to be involved. Um, I think we have a slide somewhere, um, if Danny could put it up. But there's nothing about business in the global goals for sustainable development, but it's everything about business, right? Inclusive economic growth. So, Peter... Looking back over the last 18 months and, and considering that we're in a very different climate as of November, at least in the United States, what progress have we made against these goals, or towards these goals, I should say? Well, I would actually say uh, the goals themselves show significant progress right? because the global goals or the sustainable development goals, as, as they are called, they are the successor to the Millennium Goals. Mm -hmm. And the Millennium Goals or the Millennium Development Goals, they were issued in 2000. Business was not at all involved in the creation of them, didn't really feel accountable for them, and therefore it was pretty much left up to governments. In the run-up to this, to the Sustainable Development Goals, business had a large voice in what the goals ought to be. The language, I don't know how many people in the room have, have taken the trouble of reading the rather formal UN language, but it, it talks a lot about multiple actors, business included, must now take responsibility and start implementing them. In many ways, I have said the Sustainable Development Goals are the greatest gift the UN has ever given to the world. So now let's translate that to where you sit, because if you're in a company, that sounds great, a gift is given to me and it's pretty comprehensive agenda of how we want to develop the world, but it's actually quite an impossible monster to implement in a company. So I think we have made good progress, but progress in business always need to be taken a little bit cynical because if you're in the food business, you say, okay, goal two sounds my goal. Zero hunger. Zero hunger, that, that's pretty obvious. You know, if you have anything to do with, uh, with cities, there is a goal for you. If you want to talk about, you know, whatever it is, seafood, goal 14. Um, green biz sounds like climate change, goal 13. <laughs> But the point of the SDGs is not to focus on one or two of the goals. It's a comprehensive agenda, and it's all about managing the, the trade-offs. 
and what, I, yeah, I mean, and what, there's nothing about, I mean, what is the goal of these goals? And actually, I love the fact that they're called the global goals now. It's, there's been a very subtle branding change, I think, or maybe it's not so subtle. No, there's dark forces at work here. <laughs> it used to be the SDGs. No, now no, but it's the let me explain goal. that. So take goal two again. And you know, for those of you who read my CV, I'm a global ambassador against hunger. So I'm for all for zero hunger. Let's not get any misunderstanding in this room. But if you actually read goal two, it says zero hunger and the creation of a sustainable food system. And that's a completely different goal than zero hunger. So that's where a little bit of the tweaking comes in. The communication experts took a run with the goals and made it into short, snappy, two-word statements for each of them. Right. But it's not covering the whole agenda. No, I think the goal of this agenda is that if you truly want to create a better world, if you truly want to get the society, the future we want, as it was called in Rio Plus 20, then there, you cannot focus on one challenge. You have to think of the challenges holistically. I think for a business, this is not the input into your strategy. So if I, if I replace myself in your shoes, you know, if, if you're the CSO of a company and, and somebody says, what are we doing about the SDGs? I think there's a couple of steps you would need to consider. One is, which of those goals are relevant to me? And not just the opportunistic, I mean, food, so number two, no, a little broader than that. And there's a tool that's been produced by the UN Global Compact, the GRI and the WBCSD, which is called the SDG Compass. So sdgcompass.org, you will find a tool, you plug in a few questions about what kind of business are you in, which of the geographies do you operate in, and then it will tell you which of the goals are most relevant, where your business is likely to have a material impact, i.e. where you need to focus your activities. So, have you seen, so, that, so someone gets that framework, they, they answer those questions, and then they say some things, yes, I, I like on number 10, 12, and 14, whatever, I'm just randomly choosing. Sure. How do you know an organization is making a real commitment to those goals? I mean, I, well, tell me what's been happening in the last 18 months, which tells you that company, that, I, I've interviewed MasterCard about this, for example, that company is committed, and this is why I know that. How do you tell? Well, I don't think we have the real great examples yet. Okay. I think we have lots of companies. MasterCard is one of them. There's plenty others who have said, I will be a champion for goal two or goal six or goal 6.3, whatever it may be. <laughs> All kind of variations you see out there. But I wouldn't call that the great success because if I think through implementing this framework, you have to forget about the framework. That's the weird advice to give. There are four big systems in the world. It's the food system, the energy system, the city system, and the material system. So food, cities, energy, and materials. You need to decide which of those systems your business is active in, can influence, make those systems more sustainable, and the output of that will be you will realize the SDGs. So what my expectation is, and we saw, uh, we, we do a benchmark of the companies we work with, 200 global companies, 7% over 2016 sustainability reports were reporting against the SDGs in their sustainability report. 
I think that number will grow fast in the next two, three years as companies begin to work out where are my relationships. Mm -hmm. But how to realize this is not through the report, it's by changing systems. And I think the biggest piece of progress, and if you haven't seen that, I would strongly advise you to, to dig it up. For the last 14 months, the Business and Sustainable Development Commission has worked. Some of you have, may have heard of it. It was launched in Davo last year. Yeah. This year in Davo uh, 2017, we published the report. 40 CEOs from all corners in the world, Mark Mellock Brown, Paul Pullman as, as chairman and vice chairman, had driven that. That report has identified these four big systems. So what I just said, energy, food, cities, and materials. It has taken those four systems and it has digested 60 what is called in the report hotspots. I would call them business opportunities. So if you're in the food space, there's a list of, I think, 17 business opportunities with, with fact sheets behind it. What is the economic value you can create if you invest in those? And that's incremental economic value. So I know this thing is out for 18 months, so we're, uh, we're a bit slow. But my concern, the concern of the commission was about a year ago, the business case for climate action for goal 13 has been made. You know, look at this conference, there's lots of talk about it. The business case for the overall framework had not been made. This report, which is called Better Business, Better, Better World, the 60 opportunities that are in there will give you very tangible ideas on which are the solutions that can drive towards the SDGs and create economic value. So one of the, you know, you, you mentioned that 17% or, or something in that neighborhood are reporting against the SDGs. What does that mean? I mean, how, how do you report, what kind of progress? And, and how do you express that? Is it a financial metric? Do you see people expressing financial metrics? And if not, how do we get to that point? How do we make this, get this into the, the CFO suite, into the, the place, yeah. places where we can get money against it? Well, that won't be easy for all the SDGs, uh, first, uh, first and foremost. So today, what you see happen is people report, the ones who do report it in their sustainability reports, whether it's GRI-based or other frameworks, but actually today, GRI and UN Global Compact are refining their framework to allow you in your non-financial report to report progress against the SDGs. You are absolutely right. That's great stuff and CSOs will love it and are busy preparing it. But unless we get it in the mainstream report, this won't happen. So I, I say wherever I go, we don't need to talk about sustainability anymore. We know what the issues are. We don't need to talk about the solutions anymore. We know what the solutions are. We now need to talk about how do we change fiduciary duty. And the biggest progress there has been made in climate change this year. So just before Christmas, the task force for climate-related financial disclosures came out. Another report that you must read. I apologize. Task <laughs> force for climate-related financial disclosures. It will revolutionize corporate governance when it comes to climate risks. I want to push back a little bit. But first of all, I'm going to ask you to all tweet your questions to Elaine, um, because I will go to the sidebar in a moment to take them. Anyone on the virtual conference as well. But I want to push back a little bit. I mean, we, you know, it may be, and maybe this is 
where I sit in New Jersey, northern New Jersey in the United States, where I felt like I got kicked in the head last November, and, I, I, and my stomach and every other visceral part of me. And I, as a journalist, I feel like I have to keep telling my story even louder and louder. Do you really, do you feel like some of the, the companies that you've seen commit have, are going to have to go back and re-justify some of this? Or do you feel like this, since it's set up as an in, kind of an inclusive economic growth model, maybe we're not into that, we, maybe we don't need to make that re-justification? Or do you see some of your companies having to go back and re-justify? Well, where I sit in Geneva, um, even we felt the pain. <laughs> so it's not contained to the borders of your country. But, but the, the bigger issue is this framework, as by the way the Paris Agreement on Climate, has been signed and agreed and ratified by 193 countries. Yours is one. Yep. An important one, I admit that, but the other countries will go ahead with this. Uh, they, they must, they will, and it's happening. Uh, to me, this is a conversation about two things. I actually think the global goals can help you change the conversation. Yes. Secondly, it is about the future competitive position of your company, your city, your country. Uh, Joel said it on his introduction just now. I, of the companies here, at least 50% or more will have supply chains that run into all corners of the world. Many of those supply chains run into the corners where development, poverty, hunger, all these issues are still major issues. This framework will change regulation in those countries. If you want to continue, which you will, those supply chains, you must adapt these type of changes. If you do not do it, take climate. You know, I, I, with all respect for a lot of great things that are happening in the USA, do not underestimate the pace of innovation that is going on in China at the moment. Obviously, depending on what the administration in Washington decides to do, you can slow down your efforts. The Chinese won't. The future competitive position will move China. Business in the US will not accept it, and business in the US will be the force that pushes back to anything that is not uh, in accordance to this agenda. That will be the way to solve this. Elaine, love to take a question from the audience, virtual and otherwise. Yes, um, so one of them is really about uh, partnerships with government. Mm -hmm. So how are businesses working with governments to accelerate environmental goals and stay below 2C global warming? So I think the, the real innovation in, uh, in partnerships and, and dialogue with government has emerged ever since Paris, really, in COP21, uh, but was really visible strongly in Marrakesh in COP22, will be more visible later this year in Bonn. So for the first time, the, the French government, when they presided over uh, COP21, opened up the blue zone to all stakeholders, not just the negotiators of companies. There were 600 mayors of cities in Paris. There were 1,100 CEOs. Every civil organization, society organization was in town. Everybody had a badge for the blue zone. And we were really problem solving together. The, the role of business, in my mind, is always the same. We are the solution people. We're not so good at these long, multiple-year negotiations. Normally, business folks don't have the patience for that. But we can talk solutions, and we can demand the regulation to accelerate the implementation. So last year, in the last December or November, I think it was, in Marrakesh, 
inside the Blue Zone, a three-day low emission solution conference was organized. A thousand companies came out. Uh, more than a hundred ministers came to different sessions. Cities were involved. And we talked about nothing but what are the solutions and how do we scale them up inside, again, the blue zone. That caused friction, by the way. You know, nothing in this life is simple, particularly not when it comes to um, governmental processes, because the COP negotiators kind of think the COP is their game, certainly not for all these suits from business. But the realization is now so strong, without business in the room, you're never ever gonna solve these issues. Yes, I mean, it's very, all, a lot of the solutions are very local towards these global goals. goals. Uh, in, you brought up governmental collaborations, but another complaint I get often is, hey, you cover so many big companies, what can I do as a mid-size organization or a smaller organization? I, I, don't, I need to be involved. Like, how could a smaller organization be involved? Is it gonna be through collaborative partnerships, through the supply chain? Do you, do you see smaller well, companies getting pushing towards these or? So let, let me give an example. We, we are currently working on a thing called FRESH, which is food reform towards sustainability and health. If you impl implement all of FRESH, you will touch 14 of the 17 goals of SDGs. What we see is, obviously, by the nature of who we are, we work with a lot of the multinationals, but we're now bringing in young startup companies, you know, an insect company who is, has an alternative to proteins, who will completely challenge the, the, the mindset of these people mm -hmm. in these conversations. Mm -hmm. It's so different. It's very refreshing to bring small companies in. It's not always easy. I mean, yes, a few startups are great to do, but that's not the bakery store around the corner. But most smaller companies are part of large supply chains. Right. And I think large supply chains will be the organizing frameworks to also get those companies on board. Just from a regional standpoint, is there a particular um, area of the world where organizations are focusing most of their attention right now? I mean, any countries, or, or, is, it, or is this truly global? Like, tr no. Or is it more emerging economies or versus established no, economies? No, 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 I, I would argue the, the Millennium Development Goals were all the developing, emerging, or even the developing countries. Global goals are everywhere. Admittingly, in the US, when you say SDGs, that's often a, a little bit difficult, but Global goals are accepted. Global supply chains are the reality. We all have to work on this. And we all, and that's where these 60 hotspots from Better Business, Better World are so useful. You know, really, do not read all 54 pages. Just read the 60 hotspots <laughs> page and figure out which of those are relevant to my business and how do I get my company involved? Because it's such an opportunity to, to get involved in this space. Well, thank you. I hope we got you thinking out there. I, um, we're going to be booted off the stage, but please give Peter a hand for uh, getting some of these topics out there. You've been listening to Peter Bakker, President of the World Business Council for Sustainable Development, in conversation with Green Business' Heather Clancy at the Green Biz 17 conference. For more Center Stage podcasts, go to greenbiz.com slash centerstage. And while you're there, tune into Green Biz 350, our weekly podcast covering the news and the people behind the news in sustainable business and clean technology. For all of us here at Green Biz Group, I'm Joel McCower. Thanks for listening.